Good morning, everybody. It is Monday. Um, Monday is my favorite day of the week. I've had Sunday where I refilled up my tank and I had church and I just spent some quiet time alone. And then Monday is like a fresh start for me. Like, okay, it's the start of a new week. So whatever happened last week, I've dealt with it, I've faced it, and now it's a fresh new week. And that's why I love Monday so much. Many people who love Fridays, I kind of like, ugh, Friday's a drag because it's growing and in, rolling into the weekend and I've kind of just worked really hard through the week. So Monday's like a really fresh start. It's been kind of rainy. Uh, today it rained most of the morning, which was kind of nice, but uh, you know, it's all right. I, we need the rain. We had a big windstorm come through and it knocked a bunch of branches out of the tree. And so as I was riding my bike and I saw all these, it was dead branches that the wind, it was so powerful. The wind knocked all of these dead branches out of the tree. And as I'm looking at it, I realize that sometimes God does that to us. He will do things to shake us up and then he'll bring a big old wind through and it'll knock all the dead branches, the unfruitful branches out of our tree. Um, he did that to me this weekend and it was uncomfortable and I just, I went through some emotions I didn't want to go through, but I went through and it was, it was good for me. And through that wind, I realized how deeply rooted in God's love I truly am. Like there's nothing that could uplift me from my faith in him absolutely nothing because this weekend he put me through something that you know really tested my faith and it didn't do anything but shake my branches and that was it it couldn't uplift me from my faith in him because I know he's real and I can't change the things he has shown me the things he has done for me the way he has loved me Today's daily bread is absolutely, absolutely beautiful. I love talking about Jesus because Jesus was the ultimate example and representative of how God's nature truly is to us. Uh, I just got in this discussion yesterday with a friend of mine. And if you're watching, Dean, <laughs> oh, you're a great friend of mine. And I love discussing Jesus with you and God. We really... We get really excited. We were just sitting there and then it was like, right, right? It gets so exciting. So I hope you have a great day. Uh, today's verse comes from Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. Christ Jesus made himself nothing. And what it means by this is he did. Jesus Christ, the only son of God, who had all the powers he could have in this world. He came to earth and he sacrificed himself. He became a servant. He became less than everybody else. He was so humble and obedient to his purpose to God. Um, he chose to make himself nothing, to represent what God was all about, to show us. And that's such a beautiful thing to know that 
somebody so great was so powerful and confident in who they were and their love of God that they were able to do this and it didn't uproot them from he never was uprooted from God's love he loved him faithfully and obediently even knowing he was going to die how beautiful is that to faithfully stick to I know I'm going to be crucified I know I'm going to be nailed to the cross but you know what my death will serve a greater purpose than me living and I'm ready so it's called truly humble truly great as the American Revolution concluded with England's improb- improbable surrender, many politicians and military leaders maneuvered to make General George Washington a new monarch. The world watched, wondering if Washington would stick to his ideals of freedom and liberty when absolute power was within his grasp. England's King George III saw another reality, however. He was convinced that if Washington resisted the power pull and returned to his Virginia farm, he would be the greatest man in the world. The king knew that the greatness the greatness evidenced in resisting the allure to power is a sign of true nobility and significance. And this is so true because if you can resist uh, doing something to gain power, you're resisting the self, the ego, the self-fed, the self-flesh desire. And that is Satan residing in those desires. So when you resist that, the other part of you, of your vessel, the godly part comes out to be that servant, to be obedient and go, you know what? I know what's best in the long run and doing it for the power is wrong. So what a beautiful what a beautiful thing to recognize. Paul knew this same truth and encouraged us to follow Christ's humble way. Even though Jesus was in the very nature of God, he did not consider equally with God something to be used to his advantage. He never used his powers for his own good ever. Not once in the Bible does it ever say that God Jesus used God's powers to make himself look good. He was always the servant, always obedient, always loving. Instead, he surrendered his power and became a servant and humbled himself to becoming obedient to death. The one who held all the power surrendered every bit of it for the sake of love. And yet, in the ultimate reversal, God exalted Christ from the criminal's cross to the highest place. Jesus could demand our praise or force us to be obedient, laid down his power in a breathtaking act that won our worship and devotion. Though absolute humility, Jesus demonstrated true greatness, turning the world upside down. How does the depth of Jesus' humility surprise you? How does his humility force you to reconsider your definition of greatness? Thank you, Jesus, that you are the most destitute and seemingly that in your most destitute and seemingly disgraceful moment, you demonstrated your true power and greatness. Amen. This is absolutely beautiful. And I love that it said for the sake of love because love is... You know, in First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, at the very end, the love chapter, it says, Abide in these three things, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest is love. God's love is the greatest tool you could ever use to defeat anything. 
Um, Martin Luther King even said it. Hate just fuels hate, but love is the only thing that is going to dissipate and conquer over the hate. Because when you love another person and they recognize that, they soften and they go, they do care and they understand. And they don't want to return hate. They just want to go, finally, somebody just loves me and understands me for me. And that's why love is so effective. To love another person is allowing them to bring down their defensive walls, to bring down their walls of wanting to attack and be in self-mode, self-mode, and to be in, what would you call it, survival. A lot of people who are angry and hateful and resentful, they are coming from a survival mindset. That's how they were raised. And so they instantly want to defense with attack. Like, I'm in defense mode. I'm in survival mode. I'm going to do whatever it says to to protect me. But when somebody goes and loves them, and like unconditional love, not love them trying to get something from them. Because when you try to love somebody and you're trying to get something from them, that other person, there's something that triggers that other person that this isn't correct. There's something attached to this love. But when you love like Jesus did, unconditionally, just like you are a good person and I understand you believe in what you believe. I've done this with so many people. Like I understand that not everybody believes in God the way I do. Not everybody believes in the Bible. And that's okay because they are still valuable the way they are. It doesn't diminish them in any way. And to love another person like that allows them to bring down that self-defense wall to bring down those walls of survival and go, okay, I can be safe around this person and they're not going to treat me like I'm less than. And that is why love is so powerful. You know, when we had a discussion in church uh, and it was over Matthew chapter five, verse 44. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. How beautiful is this to be able to do this? And Jesus represented this. And why do we love another person? Why? Because God is the one who judges us. And I'm going to take myself for example. All the things I did in my life probably deserved karma people would say she's getting what she deserves god is going to get her god is going to punish you like god rightfully had every right to punish me but at the end when i was reflecting to god everything i had allowed to happen everything i had done to my body that he gave me every toxin i put in there every person that i allowed to touch me that wasn't within holy matrimony um everything i did that was against god i had to own that and in owning that i unveiled who i became in this world i became a vessel for satan And it was in that I realized that is where we leave punishment to God. Because God does not punish. God allows us to make choices. And I wrote it down. It was better written down. It was so beautiful what he showed me this day in church. So wrath and vengeance is God and he commands it. Why? Because God doesn't inflict vengeance. 
He inflicts love and allows the wicked to destroy the wicked. Okay? God allows our choices to destroy us, self-destruct us, till we call on him to redeem us. Because, see, we have free will. So God says, fine, go make your choices, Christine. Go live the world. Go live the life you choose to live. When you are sick and tired of being sick and tired of your choices and you realize you're self-destructive, you will call on me to help you get out of it. And I did. And what I met with was love, God's unconditional love. God doesn't give vengeance. God doesn't give wrath, doesn't, doesn't hate. He doesn't punish. He never punished me for my choices. He said, you have to forgive others so you can forgive yourself. That's what he taught me. Because I started realizing I had to forgive those in my past. I had to forgive people in my present. I had to forgive people for the right now. And in forgiving them, I realized it was okay to forgive myself. And in forgiving myself, I realized that's how God used his love to show me the right way. He didn't punish me. He didn't seek vengeance. He didn't inflict pain. He just loved me through it. He held my hand through all of it and said that I deserve to be loved. I just have to go through this. I have to face these things and I have to bear the pain of all my choices, of allowing people to mistreat me, of allowing you know people to just run all over me and allowing that to happen and in it, you know, making poor choices for myself. I allowed those things to happen and I became an ugly person out of it. So God doesn't seek, you know, to punish us. And that's why it is said that we leave judgment to God. Us humans in our understanding cannot judge another person because we judge them from our brokenness and we don't understand forgiveness and love because God does it in a way that's loving and merciful. Just the way Jesus walked this earth is the exact nature of God. Loving. He has forgiveness, he's humble, and he's just. That is God. God is not this vengeance person sitting up on a cloud. You know, when it talks about George Washington had a choice, he could either do something to glorify himself and be powerful, or he could take a step back and do the just thing. And there was another thing that popped up is the Pharisees in the Bible. Um, Jesus did not like them because they took the word of God and they used it for their glory and they used it to gain power so that people would follow them instead of following God. And that was the difference in what the choice George Washington had. George Washington could have got done something and everybody would have followed him and he would have been this great, great person in the human eyes. But in God, God would have been like, you did it all for yourself. And one day you're going to have to come back and face me because at the end of it all, one day we do all have to face God, whether it's in this life or the next life, we all have a choice and we all will have to face our choices. And, and that's why we cannot judge one another. And by judging another person, if I was to say my stepfather, how could he do these things to me? And if I would keep judging him, keep judging him, keep judging him, 
and keep throwing hate at him. He would never have an opportunity to take those things to God. I would be a hindrance. I would put roadblocks in his way. And he deserves salvation too. We all deserve salvation. We all deserve forgiveness. The hardest part is forgiving ourselves. Oh, to have walked the world when Jesus walked the world. Oh, if I had one person I could sit on a bench with, it would be Jesus. I don't know, Jesus or God, it's a toss up. Like I would just, just wanna talk to him for hours and hours. It's so beautiful, you guys, to start forgiving. Forgiving's hard. When you always carry a little bit of hate in that dark seed in your heart, it will fester and it'll eventually come out in the most toxic way against the person that doesn't even deserve it. So we have to seek to forgive another person in the understanding that people don't know they are hurting you until you tell them. You have to communicate with them. There's so many people I never communicated that the way they treated me hurt me. I never did. I never knew how. And now that I look back, I realize I hurt myself. I caused my own suffering by not standing up and communicating the things that bothered me. And I would stuff them down and I would stuff them down until I just lost it and I went crazy. And I didn't even know how to handle my emotions at the time. So we have to learn to forgive, but we also have to communicate these emotions so that the other person has the opportunity to grow from their behavior. And telling them that the way they treat you makes makes you feel gives them an opportunity to change and grow closer to God. And learning how to communicate is difficult. I asked God to teach me. And by learning to communicate honestly with Him, I've learned how to communicate honestly with others. And it's been a great, great tool that I have learned from God. So I love you guys. I hope this inspires you. Um, I hope that it's beautiful, whether it's raining where you're at or not. And I hope that this week is beautiful for you. It's a fresh start. Um, Hopefully something amazing happens to you. I love you guys. God bless and amen.